It's great to see you and thank you for coming. This session is called Developing Young People in Worship. And uh, I'm Nigel and this is Johnny. Uh, we'll introduce ourselves briefly, then I'm going to ask Johnny to pray for us and then we'll launch in. Just as a heads up, what we're going to do, this is a quite a big subject and it's quite a generic title. I was like, thanks Harmony, give me a little bit more to go on. Um, and so what we're going to do is share some principles and a few of our experiences. Um, we won't fill an hour with our talking uh, by a long stretch. Um, I've also got uh, one or two folks here who are young people who have been developed in worship and they're going to get up and tell you whether or not what we actually said was true. Um, and uh, just share a couple of their experiences and then we'll, we'll throw it over the questions. So if you've got questions, we may not hit onto a specific age demographic or you know, question or target you know, thought that you have. Um, but we'd love to try our best and, and answer those. So that's the kind of roadmap for the next hour. Is that okay? Um, so just by way of introduction, um, I'm Nigel. I'm the pastor at Winchester Vineyard Church. Um, my story is that I've been in the vineyard since November 1991, uh, when I joined a little vineyard church. In fact, it wasn't even called a vineyard church. They were hoping to become a vineyard in Birmingham. There were 30 people, um, but a massive vision. Um, I got involved and stuck around. Um, at the time I was working, I'd just come out of uni, I was working as a musician. So my first job was as a free, free years, as a, three years as a freelance piano player. Um, I then retrained and became a primary school teacher, so I've done that, I've worked in education a bit. Um, and then eventually, long story short, I ended up working for the church a bit, and then a bit more, and then a bit more. Um, and ended up being uh, at the church that I was in, in Birmingham for about 20 years. At least 12 of those was running the children's ministry. Um, and various other things, um, and then moved to Winchester eight years ago to uh, take over leading the Winchester Vineyard. Um, I'm pretty much Vineyard through and through, I think. Pretty passionate about the values, loved what Harmony was talking about this morning, um, and very keen that uh, our young people, whatever age they are, get to get to fully enter in. So I'll talk about, a bit more about that in a bit, but why don't you introduce This is Johnny. Hey, uh, I'm Johnny. Uh, I'm worship pastor at Coastline Vineyard on the south coast. Uh, and I've been in the vineyard for five years. Uh, so Nigel's been in the vineyard longer than I've been alive. I <laughs> 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 just noticed, I was like, wow, that's like a decent amount of time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and 94. 94. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been <laughs> in worship for a while uh, and I've worked with young people in a secular capacity uh, in like high support hostels uh, and also work with children in my other part of my day job on my primary school TA. Um, but love uh, raising young people up, love giving them um, giving them a shot just sounds a bit lame but I, I just love young people I still count myself as a young person but I love getting to be around <laughs> with with young people and just working alongside them uh, and hearing their perspectives and getting to lead with them um, and so yeah that's I guess a bit about me brilliant do you want to pray for us? yeah yeah Holy Spirit uh, we welcome you We're grateful for your presence. Um, and yeah, we just ask that you come and speak. Uh, you speak through 
yeah, what uh, myself and Nigel have got, but that you, Holy Spirit, would, would come and speak to us. I thank you for the gift of, of children and young people and the gift of um, just the body. And, yeah, we look at a bit of a younger demographic this morning and we ask God that you would give us your heart uh, for that group of people, that you would envision us for what you see in them. Uh, and I pray that it would be really helpful uh, that just practically that questions and queries uh, could be answered. Um, but yeah, that you be glorified in this session. Uh, amen. Amen. Thanks, John. So um, there's so many things we could say, and like I said, we, we would rather leave time for questions. Um, it was pretty, it's pretty hard to know, so we have to dive in. So I put a loose structure together, which is on your handout, um, uh, which basically you, you'll... If you've been around the vineyard any time at all, you'll know the famous vineyard, uh, an, an, what's the word? Anagram. An, no. Anagram. Yeah, no. no. Acronym. 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 The famous vineyard acronym, okay? <laughs> which is identified, I-R-T-D-M-N, um, identified training through multiply nerves. So this is uh, how we do leadership training generally, and I just thought it would be helpful to use that as a loose outline of what we want to talk about. It just gives, really it just gives a few pegs for Johnny and I to hang our thoughts and our stories on. Um, and I just thought I would kick off before we got into that by just talking a little bit about what is important to involve and encourage young people in worship. Um, if you've got a pen you might want to make note of a couple of references because they're not all on here um, and I'm not going to do all of them but the Bible has plenty to say about young people uh, and the body of Christ. Um, one of my favourite verses is Psalm 78. Uh, verses 4 to 6, which I'm going to read to you. Um, this is where uh, the psalmist is saying, uh, it's, it's my, my people hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I'm going to tell you things, things our ancestors have told us, um, the things of old. And then at verse 4 it says, we will not hide them from, our, from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. And if you count up there, you'll find there are four generations in that passage. Okay? Four generations of the people of God passing down the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, passing down the stories of what God is doing and what he's about. And passing it to the next generation so they will tell their children and they will tell the ones who aren't even born yet. Um, and so um, I'm not going to reference them all, but Deuteronomy 31.12 is another great place to look. Um, Psalm 8, chapter 2 is another great place to look. That's where uh, it says, um, uh, in fact I will read that, I'll just find it. Psalm 8, chapter 2. Uh, Psalm 8 is pretty well known. Lord our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants. You have established a stronghold against the, your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. We're talking the praise of infants. Infants. The, the message version says something like, nursing babies, gargle your praise. <laughs> the, 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 wor- the worship of children is a weapon in warfare and spiritual warfare that's what that verse is saying you know we don't just sing songs with our children so that they're entertained or even so that they learn the bible although that's really important it's we're actually looking for them to fully engage in the worship experience and encountering god for themselves 
Um, Ezekiel 10, chapter 1. Malachi 4, 6. The heart of the fathers to the children. No, it's not Ezekiel. Ezra, sorry. Ezra 10, 1. Talks about everybody lamenting and the whole community crying out before the Lord. And the children were very much part of that. We don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't get to sit out when the important stuff's happening. Young people are very much part of our communities. And then there's just, uh, Matthew 11, 25, Matthew 19, 13. If you want any sort of biblical reasons for why we need to invest in young people, just kind of meditate on those verses. That's where Jesus takes a young person, puts him right for, up front and centre, little child, and says... We've got to become like this one, otherwise we're not going to get there. We're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says, you know, these, these guys are really precious and they're really special to me. So the Bible's very clear on that. Um, as well as that, our values, our vineyard values. You know, one of our key f- values phrases, cultural phrases in the vineyard is that everybody gets to play. That doesn't mean every adult gets to play. That means everybody gets to play. All of them, everyone. Um, and we've, uh, and I've caught... I'm sorry if you've heard me say this before, I feel like I've peddled this phrase till I've been blue in the face, but I kind of feel like all my life I've been saying this, that there is no junior Holy Spirit. You know, it isn't like that. And I'm not here ostensibly to talk about children either, we're going to talk mainly about teenagers today, but this applies across the board. The principles that we're going to talk about apply across the board, whatever age. Um, there is no junior Holy Spirit. Young pe- our young people have to be able to fully enter in not just come to church, do a nice craft, learn a nice story, be entertained while the grown-ups have a jolly time and then go home again. You know, it just won't last like that. They have to experience and encounter God for themselves. Harmony said this morning, our teenagers are in the most brutal world that certainly in my lifetime I can ever, I can, I've ever known. And if they don't actually know that God is real for themselves and they don't know that they've got a place in the church where they can express their heart and express their gifts, then they, they, they really won't make it. You know, this passing on of the one generation to the next generation, it won't happen. Because it's not information, it's impartation. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And so this stuff's really important to us. I'm assuming that you're all on this page already, which is why you came to the seminar. <laughs> so I won't preach about it now. But just the last thing, that the, this is the church not of, you know, we talk about, oh, the next generation, the next generation. These guys are the church of now. This is a now generation, not a next generation. You know, if we don't, if we don't do something to help our young people fully enter into all that God has for them in the context of our communities and our churches and our movement, then we won't have a next generation. You know, so that's really important, and I'll get off my soapbox now. But um, for, for me, this is, I, I, couldn't, I tried to write down, think of a few examples. I mean, these things happen slowly. Yeah, um, most, this, I heard Alan Scott say, most transformation is incremental. Some, some of it occasionally happens dramatically, but most of it is incremental, and that's certainly the case with young people as they grow up. You know, you don't all often see dramatic transformations, but little by little, over the years, um, you know, if this stuff is important enough to us and we're looking out for opportunities, then we will see our young people grow. So I can think of people who are fully grown adults now who have been part of this journey with me. I think of one young man who is uh, about 24 now, and he works as a primary school teacher in Birmingham, in inner city Birmingham. And I've known, I've known him all his life, but um, since the age of around eight, he was in church with me. And so when we were in uh, a room, not dissimilar to this, um, but it was a classroom in a school with computers all around the edge, and it was just a, 
one of the worst places you can imagine to try and do worship in church. And we would just, I'd get my guitar and we'd jump around and we'd worship and he would always come up and do the actions and help. And uh, at the age of 13, uh, I had the opportunity to go and do some stuff in America. And honestly, we needed someone to come do the actions uh, and we couldn't afford to pay anyone else to come. So I, I, was like, I said to his parents, do you think you could get him off school and he could come on a trip to America with us for a week? So we're doing great big God stuff and he came to join in that. And it, it is just a case of giving people opportunities. There's another girl who was in our church growing up and she, at the age of about 12 or 13, I just caught this, she's got a lovely worshipping heart. She can really sing. I'll just get her into our all-age band. You know, we would do the all-age worship once a month uh, back then. Um, and... I just, it, I just thought she can do this. She can do this. You know, I know she can sing. I know she can, uh, she can lead confidently. And um, it was, in, it wasn't, it wasn't a big battle. It was a, sp- a small battle to to get her up front actually. Because I said, I think this girl's got it. She's got the character. She's got the heart. Why don't we just try her out? And she did brilliantly. Grew all the way through that. Of course, you know, it is. It doesn't always work out <laughs> well, and sometimes it doesn't work. But um, for me, it was all about giving her a try. She ended up being. Uh, the person who, I don't know if you know the Great Be God album, she's the girl who ends up s- who's singing the lead vocal on Great Be God. She was about 20 when we recorded that. And she's like a grown up with kids and all of that now. But at that age, um, it was just, it's all, for me it's always been really important that we can find a way to involve people. Jody, who's here and on the worship advisory group is another one who sang on one of our albums at the age of 14 or 15, I think, the first time. And um, so this stuff's really important and it's lovely when you look back and you see how many young people have actually grown and are now in positions where they, you know, they're doing stuff and they're serving and they're in well, not necessarily at conferences, not necessarily on public stages, but just actively engaged and involved in their church and in the worship life and doing what God's called them to do. So that's the first bit. Why don't we talk a little bit about identifying so yeah, how do we um, how do we figure out that young people or the people that are in our churches know? Um, how do we figure out that they have a heart for worship? How do we figure out that they have it in them? Uh, and super simply, we could just ask. I think you can often like get scared about it, and, and a lot of us have incredible uh, intuition and eyes, and sometimes you just don't need it. It's just all over them. It's like you are clearly going to be good at this. Um, but you can just ask. Um, I find a lot, there are a lot of people that I've um, worked with or just hung out with over the years that would never have told me, you know, oh, I just, I'm actually, I love playing drums. You've, you've seen that I can sing, but I'm actually, I can play drums or however it goes. Um, so just ask, see who's about and see, um, and just ask because they might uh, volunteer it for you. Um, and also, uh, were many of you at NLC? Anyone? Um, Suze uh, was talking about um, yeah, people uh, that come to know Jesus predominantly or probably around half uh, come to know Jesus before they're 18 um, and so there's so many people around and with that phrase you know everyone gets to play um, people come to know Jesus and they're wanting a space to be used and they're wanting a space to partner with God and and I think it's it's more than just a phrase. It's like it's a big theology, you know, because God gave us um, authority to rule and reign with Him, and we're meant to be co-laborers, and and we could go into that. But people are looking for a, a place to call home, and they're looking for a place that where they can be involved. 
And so for us to be able to spot um, people that are uh, gifted in some areas or that just really want to serve, like it doesn't, there are some super gifted people and some people with incredible hearts and you can be anywhere along the spectrum, um, but we can just pull people in and they have that opportunity to partner. Um, and honestly, for me, like that probably kept me in and kept me entertained for quite a while while my walk with God was um, yeah, just learning and just going through that. But um, when I first felt a call to worship and somebody pointed it out to me, um, I had no idea. I wasn't a musician. Um, I didn't see that in myself at all. I didn't want it. Um, and yeah, it just kind of exploded in me. But the, the thought of being used and the thought of like doing something with God was like genuinely life-changing for me. And so I think it's really important for us to to press into that. Um, and when we're identifying heart and heart and skills, when we're looking at these young people and we're wanting to bring people in, on board, it's super important that we don't just look at a gift um, because these young people are super special, you know. Um, and it's so important that we don't just see our epic drummer like we're sure let's get him involved. He'll love it or she, like whatever it looked like. It's so important that we look um, to shape the individual, not just um, the gift, because the, the reality is if you focus on their gift and you're like, oh, you smashed it, you did great, and you call them whenever you want them to play and all that kind of stuff, their identity is just gonna be in their gift. Um, whereas if you journey with them, um, you'll get a lot more authenticity, I find, um, and a lot more uh, realness in our worship. Uh, what have you got? Uh, another way you can help identify is just to ask the Holy Spirit. He's there as our helper. That's his role. And so if you're seeing people and you're not sure, you can just pray about it. Super simple. Um, and then how do we nurture uh, a heart of worship? Um, for me, it's all about relationship, walking with young people, um, and making sure that we're actually interested in their lives, not just their gift. And I'll probably say that, you know, a hundred times, but that genuinely is what's made a massive difference um, to me. People that were really interested in bringing me along for the ride and um, wanted to see me um, flourish and wanted to see me, even when I was like at school or whatever, and in different situations and not just because I could sing or because I could play or something. Um, Um, yeah, and another way you can help to, to nurture that heart is just to keep super open lines of communication. It's another easy one, but if you're overseeing worship teams, um, just chat to the youth pastor or chat to the youth, whoever's overseeing youth. Um, it's super important that you two are on the same page um, and that you're both, you both have a united view of the welfare of your young person and looking after your, your young person. Um, yeah, just that just helps. And then again, just pray for them. Like pray for their hearts. Pray that they would um, come to know uh, Jesus in a greater way. Um, and then in terms of nurturing their skill, like just make safe spaces for them. Make safe spaces for them to try and to fail and to to succeed. Um, but also, you know, like we say to any worship leader or musician, make sure they have creative outlets that aren't church. Like, are they? Can they come and do a little function band? Can, can they do an open mic or whatever it looks like? Um, just creating spaces where they can sharpen their skills and it doesn't have to be on the stage. Um, but yeah, where they can get better at that. 
think it's really important that we give our young people an opportunity. I, I once had a, the opportunity to speak to a bunch of trainee RE teachers, and uh, these were all people who had no idea about what our church was or what it was about. They were actually on a, a day tour of places of worship. So they were going to a mosque, and they were going to um, a Gurdwara, and they were going to a church, and the Anglican church they were supposed to go to fell through. So this bloke brought them to us. And I don't know what they thought we were or what, what they thought we did. Um, but I, I just like, I thought, what can you tell, what can I tell these people about what you do? And, and I made a list of, and this was a few years ago, I made a list of all the bands that I knew or was aware of that, as far as I'm concerned, had a, have a background in church in some way or other. And there are lots. And I'm just talking about the British ones, but there are lots of American ones as well. You know, um, and it, I just thought, you know, actually, there were so many people whose creative outlet or creative expression began in a church community even if they actually didn't turn into fully formed worship leaders we're not really about just you know creating the next generation of worship leaders we're actually around just put, making a space for young people to be themselves and to develop their skills and gifts. and probably the most famous version of that that we know is a young man called Marcus Longford who came and led worship at DTI uh, age 15 and I remember thinking and you're a leader of some kind, but I'm not quite sure what kind of a leader you are. You know, because you're not really kind of a polished worship leader. But anyway, <laughs> you know, what do I know? Um, uh, so I just think it's really important that we have that in the back of our minds. Um, and so, as Johnny said, it's, that's, that's kind of the, bed, the, the bedrock for this. I mean, I think if we're talking about developing, specifically developing and training worship leaders, it feels to me like there's a big funnel with a big wide open end and then you know as, as with all things as you realise that someone's really called to this then the funnel gets a bit narrower and the you know the track becomes a bit more focused and so um, something stuff that we've done uh, to get kids involved in different ways um, as a, in, in worship with um, children always used to have the kids come up and do actions get involved in running the PA running the words I had one young guy who was just in our group who just all he knew really was the tech, the tech side, and so he wanted to mix worship every week, and so that's what he did. Um, uh, something that I noted at the time was particularly for boys, that it's really important that they have other boys who are a bit older than them, or fellas who are, a bit, who are young, young, young people, people they can look up to. You know, my children have always had role models who are just a few years ahead of them, and so if I'm in front of a bunch of kids, or even young people, youth, and leading worship, and we're all women up here. The boys aren't going to see anybody that's like them, and so I'm like, come on, where are our passionate fellas? Where are our blokes who can come in and just show that it's okay? That's just a, an example. Um, you know, we take care about actions, we do lots of dancing, we make it really fun, we make sure we pick songs. Something else I used to do was to have the youth playing in all age services, actually developed a sort of young people's, this is a very grand word, but orchestra, <laughs> you know? Um, basically, it's amazing, you'd be amazed, as long as you've got a decent drummer, doesn't, to keep things moving, it doesn't really matter what instruments you bring. Yeah? Don't mic them up too heavily, but you know, just, just, just you know, I, I did a thing whereby we would find simple songs, I would arrange, and if you, some of you will have a music background, I just arranged the, the, the sort of harmony chords very simply across three or four lines, and then I'd produce that on my computer, I'd then transpose that into B flat and to E flat. Okay? 
So I'd have put a three parts into B flat, into E flat, and then just dish it around all the kids and go, right, you play this one, you play that one, and just find something they can play and that balances up so we loosely get a rough balance of things. And then they just sort of make a general noise. And as long as somebody's there keeping the rhythm going, it's fine. It all works. Massive engagement. Uh, we've always, where it's been appropriate or helpful, tried to get them involved in playing, uh, in coming to worship circles that we do. Uh, and uh, youth worship stuff. Um, messy church is something else that we've done in church that some of our people do. Um, if I, I, so, um, sometimes if they look like they could be good drummers, we've just put them on percussion and we've put them behind the drummer, out of the way where nobody can really see them, but the drummer can kind of keep an eye on them while, while we're playing. So just, just bang that drum for a bit, you know? Just whatever it is, whatever it takes to be involved and engaged. Um, and then when it comes to training uh, them, I think what happens is you've got this general level of involvement and engagement and then you've got some where you look at them and you think, okay, you know, you actually have something and, and I think we need to take you a little bit further. Um, I think for me, I would, as Johnny said, one of the most important things is that whoever is pastorally responsible for those children, whether it's your youth leader or your pastor or, your, or their parents, that you, be, that you communicate really openly, be really upfront about it, say, look, I, I, would, I think you've got something. I'm not saying that you can come and leave worship straight away, but why don't you just come along to the practice session that we're doing, just sit in and see how it goes, you, you know? Let's just be really open about it. Let's be clear expectations from the front, you know? We're going to try this for three months and we're going to see how it goes, rather than, right, you're in the worship band now <laughs> and, and never stepping out. You know, so set up a review period, set up an audition if necessary. Why don't you just come and sit in for one, and we'll see, we'll see how it works. Um, and obviously, in those rehearsals, then you're, you're looking for a whole bunch of things, aren't you? You're looking to see how engaged they are. You, I mean, you need to do some things to deliberately help them. I mean, maybe it's a case of these are the three songs we're going to be practicing tonight. Why don't you go and learn them or have a little go? You know, if you find that their skill level needs to come up a bit, okay, well, how do we invest in that? Um, but just but try things and also bring get your whole team on board. So if you've got a teenager in your team, you know, and everybody else is like I don't know, not a teenager, um, you know, make sure that they own and understand why we're bringing this guy or this girl in, or you know, maybe even bring them in in twos so they don't feel like they're on their own. You know, um, that kind of thing just to be really aware of, um, and and get the whole team and make sure you've got some time to hang out as well, because part of that whole deal is this is about relationship. You know, I'm looking at Dave here, who's one of our worship leaders, and sorry to pick you out, mate, and, uh, and, and leads one of our bands, and, and some of our young people who were playing this morning, playing a band with Dave, and have done for the last couple of years, and they just look up to him and they love him as a, as a, as a bloke anyway, never mind a worship leader. And that's really, really important. That, that, those, that it's relationship that solidifies all of these things. It won't work unless that's there. Um, and then just, you, you, I'm not going to go into details, but you just need to be aware of safeguarding principles. If you've got, uh, you're working with a teenager, particularly somebody who's under 16, but at any age, any, under, any age under 18, you don't need to be in a room one-on-one -on -one with them. So just don't let that happen. And go and talk to your safeguarding person about what issues there are. My, my thing is, don't let rules and regulations stop us doing what we need to do. No, don't. Don't let a fear of rules and regulations stop us from what we're trying to do, but we do need to be aware of them. So that's why, you know, maybe, maybe let, let's get two or three people um, in the room together. Um, so I think there's two aspects to training. There's involving people, 
And then when you've spotted somebody and you're like, actually, you are the next Matt Redman, I can see it on you. Or you are the next Johnny Riggs, or, you know, I can see it. there's something on you for worship, then I think you've got to be a bit more specific and a bit more intentional. Which is what I'm going to have. Yeah, uh, so with everything we want to develop, their skill level, their competency, but most of all, uh, I think we want to develop heart characteristics. Uh, and how do you do that? It's... So, I mean, who thinks they're on like a good track for developing their heart? It's like, it's kind of unquantifiable, it's kind of um, hard to do. Um, but yeah, as we said earlier, I don't think there's any of us that could, uh, that wouldn't be able to attest to a great role model um, growing up. And I, I think it's really important, you know, with character, because it doesn't just appear overnight. We can't just like put a program together and suddenly like, with this, whatever you depict to be a good character. Um, it doesn't happen over the night, um, and so it's important if we want our young people to develop in character and their walk with God and how um, their worship looks on stage and off stage, that we need to model that for them. Um, but we need to be consistently showing up with them because it's that journey that it's not just going to happen. And I know that for me, it doesn't happen in the moments that you think it's going to happen where we've put this talk together about holiness. It's happened when I've been in the car with a guy that's taken me to go and do an event together and we're chatting and he's like, oh, well, how is like your life in this area or whatever. It's those relational things and we can't necessarily pigeonhole those growth moments into the things that we want to. Uh, and so for, for, for me, uh, it's really important that we consistently model um, a lifestyle and a character posture that we want to see um, yeah it's, it's important that we're constantly there you know constantly showing grace constantly encouraging um, and there's loads of different places we can do that having said you can't pigeonhole it there is a lot that's out there that's really helpful and a lot of people will have gone to the youth worship school or DTI or Soul Survivor and there's there's loads out there I'm sure we'll um, touch on that but times away and times that are super intentional are really helpful for that as well um, but I think it's important that we're honest with our young people uh, with, with our young people that they know uh, parts of our story that we're honest with them that it's not like a one way street where you're mentoring them and they don't know anything about you and it's just kind of another teacher I think it's way more effective to have a more horizontal um, oh, that's always worked for me um, where they know parts of my story and I can be helpful in sharing them some of my feelings um, so that they might not have to. Um, and yeah, I think it's important that they can see that, uh, especially in the world of worship where things are quite heightened a lot of the time, that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be on perfect form and actually to go out of your way to say that you're not on perfect form because otherwise they just see the person who puts on the smile when they get on the stage and then like that's all that's modelled to them so it's important that they they know that we're not like one with the Holy Spirit at every moment of the day obviously like he lives in us but we're not like on the money all the time um, and then uh, yeah in terms of mentoring uh, and training I I think it's important to create a culture where failure is impossible uh, so that they know that uh, because of the encouragement and the relational equity that you've built up um, that they actually can't fail. So whatever they're doing, whether they're singing for the first time, it's not like failure isn't a concept that you've like 
rule to be a possibility. They could just come and they have a go and they know that whatever happens, we're just going to chat at the end about it. And like because of how much uh, how relational you are, you value their them as a person, not just their gift, because that's what happens if we value the gift when they don't do very well or when when you mess up like a lot. Um, a lot is screwed up, and so we want to reinforce that we're not interested in end product. Um, that's not our highest thing by a long shot, and we never want people to be uh, scared of messing up. Uh, and I think it's good to as well have a look at our, ourselves as people that uh, maybe they're looking up to, because if we uh, have this culture of excellence, which is great, but to the nth degree, um, it can. if we're fearful of our young people making mistakes, then they will 100% know, and they will probably make mistakes, and it's not a great situation. We want to be free to the point where actually, however this goes in the broader sense, it's not a big deal. Like We're just trying to worship, and sometimes we need to give ourselves a character check in some of that. Um, yeah, my, my biggest goal uh, for me is to be a safety net, uh, to, to get to the point where uh, they know that I'm there, um, but they don't need me there. So I'll be there and they can do their thing uh, and I want to encourage people to the point where they're super confident but I'll step in if I absolutely have to. Um, and then just to encourage, encouragement is probably what's had the biggest effect in my life really, apart from, yeah, not many other things. Just encourage, like say what you see. Um, that's a super easy principle is just say what you see. We have to... A lot of the times we think we need to have these big prophetic words, but just like, oh, you like, you played really well today, or you seem to be, uh, uh, when you were praying, you seem to be really sensitive, like, what's going on there? And just, just say what you see, encourage what you see in people. Um, and then involve young people in the worship leading process. So often I'll ask people, like, what do you, what do you think is going on? Um, and we have some environments at our church where, uh, it's a little bit longer, and so I'm having full-on conversations live because it's an hour and a half session or whatever, and so I'm leading with some uh, young people or some people I'm trying to bring through, uh, and so I'm literally having the conversation live, like, hey, what do you think is going on? Like, do you have a song that you like? Have you got anything coming out in your head? Um, but those conversations are essential because it's through that and like biting your teeth in those moments that you can figure out, and you're like, okay, oh, well, yeah, go have a go. And then you can chat about how it went afterwards, but giving people the choice and the opportunity to actually have a go. Um, and we need to trust them because as Nigel said about you know, kids and their worship silencing the enemy, we've got to give them an option. Uh, and it's important that they know that we don't have all the answers because a lot of the time they're like, I don't know what we need to do next. Like I'm genuinely at a loss. Like, what do you think? Um, and so trusting them and trusting them that they hear God because they do. Brilliant. I've got one little thing to share, but before I do that, I've got a, we've got a special guest with us, and his name is Ben McLean. He is a real life young person, so come up to the one. This is Ben, he's at Chelmsford Vineyard, and he, bless him, over lunch, I said that I was going to, if he came to my seminar, I was going to interview him. Um, so I did give him a little bit of prep, so you don't have to speak for very long, but okay. Ben, tell us, first of all, tell us. What, what, how old are you? Uh, I'm 17 now. 17. Yeah. And uh, tell us what your involvement is with worship in your um, So now I co-lead 
on, on, Sunday, on the Sunday morning, uh, probably one, once or twice a month, mm -hmm. and then I lead at youth uh, every fortnight. Currently. Brilliant. Yeah. So you play the guitar and yes. sing? Yes, yeah. and then uh, fortnightly I do the cajon and do backing vocals as well. Yeah. In church? Yes. So you play guitar and co-lead one week? Yeah. And do cajon and backing vocals the other week? Yeah. So you play every week? Fortnightly. Okay, so fortnightly, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. fabulous. Brilliant. So, uh, obviously, you're 17. When did all this start? When was the first time um, that you ever sort of thought, oh, maybe worship in church is something I could be involved yeah. in? Yeah. Uh, so my dad was a worship leader um, from, uh, from before, obviously. And then um, I was about 11 or 12, and I liked playing the drums, and he got me on the cajon uh, at one a session, one of our first sessions with the church. And so, yeah, that was where it started, and I just, um, after that, built confidence with it, and then started uh, doing backing vocals and then moved on to playing a little bit of guitar and then leading some verses on songs, then leading songs fully and co-leading, but yeah. Wow, and all of that, so since you were 11, so that's over five, yes, six years? Yes, over five, six years, yeah. yeah. And that was when the church got planted? You got yeah, the planted. yeah. So from the start of that church plant, there were young people involved in worship, don't you think that's great? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I did ask him another question, which uh, he couldn't answer at this time. I told him to go away and think about, which is so. See if you've got an answer. So the, the, the question was, uh, what's the hardest thing about being involved in what leading worship? Um, the hardest thing, uh, the hardest thing, one moment would be um, when I first started uh, like uh, leading, both in youth and um, at church, was quite nerve wracking because uh, being like 14, 15, going doing leading at youth, I was uh, worried that what people are going to think of me if my voice breaks or something, something stupid like that, you know. But, um, but yeah, so now it's quite, it's better because it's it's less nerve-wracking. Um, I'm used to seeing similar faces, so yeah, it's good now. And how did you get over that? Um, I think I was just doing it over and over again. There was there was a lot of prayer as well from the rest of the worship team and pastors for um, yeah, praying over me that I would become a worship leader for the church. Yeah, Amazing. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Thank you, Ben. To, to make really uh, just on actual actually releasing because we talked about all of the process up to training and at some point you do have to release all worship leaders and all leaders and you have to say come on over you go I think what you've heard Ben speak about and also Johnny I know there's this a lot is, the, is a co-leading model of work of leading worship I mean it's I think it's a really good way of training worship leaders anyway whether they're young people or not young people um, and just that whole thing of just stepping out one verse at a time one course at a time one song at a time because it is about gaining confidence isn't it um, and so I think that's something to really work I think we release people slowly we do it intentionally but we do it slowly you know we can always they can always come back next week and do a bit more um, I think that's a good principle to have and I love what you shared Johnny about just being us being the safe person um, that enables them to step out um, you know you are not on your own you, you know we are here and if it all just if you freeze or if it all goes belly up or something goes wrong, it really, really doesn't matter. You know, you're completely safe and if we need to, we'll step in and carry you. So I think that's really important. I think learning the skills and the songs, I think it's just really good to encourage people to learn the songs. You know, don't just, don't, just, don't you know, be thorough about the preparation and the work that needs to go in and, and encourage young people. It's a good challenge. You know, I, I've, I'm sometimes slightly put to shame by my son, Zach, who plays bass and drums sometimes because we'll, <laughs> we used to show up to rehearsals and I didn't I, I would play the keyboard sometimes and they'd send the songs to you and I hadn't had the time to look at them properly and he would know all of them he was like in fact I got him a gig last year 
we had Brian Dirksen come to our church, so we got the band together, and I, I was like, yeah, I, th- I think you can do this. So I, and I sent him, because I know that he would listen to them all, he'd learn all the parts, and he'd know the songs by the time we got to the thing, and I think it's just really helpful to be thorough about that. Um, be thorough but be encouraging. And then lastly, just releasing them to be themselves. You, you know, um, Harmony spoke about this this morning, learn the rules, then break the rules, <laughs> you know? Um, play it our way first. I wouldn't, you know, let, just do it the way we do it first, you know, and learn to do that. And then if you've got a different idea and, you, and it's the right moment, go for it. Step out, take risks. So um, we've, we've covered a bunch of stuff there. You've listened to us chat on, give our ideas. We've got some time. If you have any questions or any specific comments you want to make or, you know, we've got 15 minutes or so, um, shout them out. If you don't have any questions at all, we'll all go for a cup of tea. That would be just fine. But if you do, let us know. So you, you said um, when you were talking that it's important for guys to have a role model to look up to. Yes. Is it is it more so a guy thing, or would you say it is important for? Should I be looking for someone to be a role model for for the young women? That's a great question. I was thinking specifically about my kids' worship days when I made that comment, and I was thinking about when we're kind of jumping around with kids, and I was thinking about the eight, nine, and ten-year-old boys who all they want to do is play football. um, Apart from the few who don't, but don't like to tell anybody that. You know, Um, uh, so I was thinking about that. Actually, I think it's a really great comment about girls growing up, and you know, worship leading. You've had plenty of women. Just think about how it would be for you. Like, um, essentially, they're gonna need at some point to chat uh, to girls that it would be inappropriate, and vice versa. So, 100%, it's really good, and it, it's really helpful um, for them to see other women do it. Because we want to model again that we're uh, a movement that believes in empowering women to lead. Um, so, yeah, 100%. Mm. Yeah. Go for it. Is it? More difficult or easier when it's your own child? Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think it's both. Um, from my experience, I think the it's easier practically mm. because you can just take them to rehearsals and you don't have to worry about safeguarding and stuff, stuff like that. Um, and obviously, you know, there's something about it being your own child where they're going to sort of have some of that vision and values in er- in es- <coughs> inherently because of they they are yours but I wouldn't limit it to that and also I think I'd say um, that uh, some of the heart, some of those challenging heart conversations are, are kind of harder to have as a parent especially if you're a parent and a pastor or a worship leader or something and so what I've done is try and encourage my children to always go and have other people that they talk to send them off to life groups find other role models I just want plenty of people in their lives so that they... Mm. So, and, and I do sometimes have conversations with my children where I go, 
you really need to do this, but you, and then if you don't want to talk to me about it, that's really fine. But you need to find somebody and you know just help them mm. access that. So both, I guess, is the answer. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, any other questions? Can you tell me about the worship school, about the young people? Yeah. Yes, um, so uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit more about this tonight, actually. Um, so we, for about the last five or six years, we've run a youth worship school uh, for various reasons, practical reasons, we're just finding it impossible to run, uh, mainly down to the fact that people have their half terms at different times around the year, and we just can't find the right, practically we can't make it work anymore. Um, so... Our intention there was to gather 11s to 16-year-olds and just teach them about worship and music and hang out. And we've done that. Uh, we so we we I don't know exactly what we're going for. Well, I have some ideas about what we're going to do to replace that. Uh, but we the value is very important, and we're still looking into how we can do that. And tonight I'm going to talk a little bit about something we we we're, we're planning a bit of a we're planning something which we're calling School of Worship which is more like taking those who are a little bit further down the track and investing in them over a year uh, with some intensives and some online stuff and networking stuff. Um, but we're also talking to all the DTI teams about particularly DTI nano events that are sort of beginning to develop and spring up and how we can have a worship room context environment at that um, and I think it's a sort of it's sort of one of those things where it doesn't really work to do it nationally at the minute so we're trying to explore what it looks like to do it regionally um, but yeah if you if you would love to host some sort of an event uh, come talk to me and we can try and help you out with ideas and suggestions and resources and stuff just honestly just putting young people in a room with some instruments and some worship people and people who can be bothered to take some time to invest in the hangout with them is, is a really good start. It doesn't matter how, how old those kids are, it doesn't matter what their long-term vision is, it's just a really good way to get started. So. Right. How do you um, deal with a bunch of boys who are teenage boys who are too embarrassed to like engage with worship, so they just stand and like awkwardly look at their phone until it's all over? <laughs> 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 That close to yours, you can. <laughs> uh, good question. Um, something. <laughs> we had a similar situation. Go for it. Church. What did you do? Um, <laughs> well, basically, we got to the point where we realised that our worship wasn't really working in our children's groups, so we abandoned it and they all came into the adult service for worship. So they do that every week now. Um, I wouldn't say it was a solution to obviously if you don't want to do that, but what we found is that God was really talking to us as a church about our children in worship, and it just happened that myself and some others had been to different talks and stuff, and actually at different conferences, and he seemed to be saying the same thing everywhere he went, um, but in a slightly different way. Um, and it didn't obviously solve the issue if you wanted to keep your children's worship separate. But what we realised is that we had a group of children that it just became a little bit too... Like, they just felt like they, were, they were just wanted to be too cool and actually the, the children's songs weren't in a position to split them down into a sort of a, mm. a better age category. Okay. So it sort of 
but it did, I would say now that it's, um, we've got small children that never go out of the adult service for their own worship. So we're yet to see the fruits of whether it's, Okay. It's combated it or not? Okay. Were you thinking about what kind of environment were you thinking so, about? Then? Yeah, so are you staying for the first few songs and then because we had to walk quite far to get to the youth building? Okay. Um, yeah, so they stay in for the first two, but yeah, it's just trying to get them engaged in whole like. I have another real life teenager to answer your question, and he's sitting behind you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Go for it, Matt. So I was that, I was the teenager just. And I saw the light! <laughs> <laughs> and Matt's another one who currently is a leads worship in his church. Yeah, for me, role models were crucial for that. Yeah. So I got to the point where I was no longer standing with my parents. I yeah. had friends in church and I went and stood next to them. It's certainly less embarrassing to engage in worship when you're not stood with your parents. If your role models are there worshipping away, it's almost more embarrassing to be stood there on your phone. And also, if you can get them involved in worship, I found when I started being involved in the worship and my heart for worship. If, if they don't want to be, if they're not musically inclined, maybe, maybe they could go on the technical side, get them involved on the PA or doing the words or something like that, channel it in that direction so that they have to look at the words because they're more responsible for changing yeah, it could go either way with, with young people, it, and it always does, so you just have to take another, we're constantly changing, but I, you can force people to be where they don't want to be, which can be not great, uh, you, so you can take it both ways, or you can say, right, we have a really high value on worship for the presence of God, and so we want our pe- young people to be in there, even if they're not engaging, because you never know, um, so that's valid, equally, if they're not engaging, uh, it's important to find ways that they, they're going to engage. Um, we used to do soaking sessions with our young people uh, and it started where we weren't like as blessed with the musicians that we had. And so we created an environment which was like lights off, they took their shoes off before they came in and it was it was CD player at this point. And they came in and they all sat facing the wall and they had like pens and paper next to them. Um, and it was like... I was I came to the church just slightly after, so I was where we started doing live. But it was phenomenal, like just being in a place where it was consistent and so like we had a phone box, like bung your phones in here and stay in here for as long as you can. Um, but we got to the point where we'd have a mic and young people would be like prophesying over the mic. Uh, and then we'd ask the young people to go and give each other words and um so I mean it's just finding finding what works but I think having a an environment which is like we like we've created a sacred space and so we like we want you to honour that so however little you're in that like come and honour it but yeah find ways to <coughs> engage as well um, I think the other thing I'd say just to comment on that would be um, you know I think that we uh, the, 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 the phone thing is just a, de- is a default mm-hmm. like I mean you can you know, if I see someone who's on their own in church on their phone it means somebody's not helping them to engage I would, if people were in my church and they're on their phones I'd take that as my responsibility as a pastor to make sure that they're engaging and so if, if and I don't know how you structure your thing and, and there's lots of good reasons why but just because they're not singing the words in the way that adults do 
doesn't mean they're not engaging with the concepts. And I think an approach like this, where you just say, okay, never mind that, let's just do something different. When I had a friend, you take this, they're all sporty. I had a friend who ran a youth group, ah, Cyrus, ran a youth group where they used to do uh, oh, all sorts of things, prayer, snooker, um, worship, trampoline. You, you, you know what I mean? Just, uh, he, he told, I wasn't there, maybe you were there, Ralph, but he told me about something where on the summer camp they were singing that old Matt Redmond song, I'll become even more undignified than this. Next six, and then at which point six people would jump off the trampoline and the next six would jump on and they would bounce for the next bit of worship. You know? And I just think there are tons of creative ways of engaging with a young people. Actually, the grown-ups probably want to as well, but they're just a bit too you know, grown up about it. But, you know, it just it's like I say to kids, just I don't have to hear you pray the words, say the words out loud to know that you're praying and having a really meaningful conversation with God in your head. So, you know, trying to, if, if, it's a, if it's an environment that's not really designed for them and it's not really designed to engage them, then I'm not sure that expecting them to engage is really going to work. I wouldn't, you know, I just find a different way to do it. Um, it doesn't mean they don't love Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Or change the environment and say, actually, we want to make this something for you to engage with. So. More questions? We've got a few more minutes. Anybody? No. Going once. Mm-hmm. Going twice. Has this been helpful? Yes. Great. Well, thank you for listening to us. Why don't we pray for you? Why don't we just stand together and pray? And um, why don't we just take a moment and you know, all of you will know some young people. That's why probably why you came to this seminar. Um, or many, some of you will be responsible for many young people and some of you will be thinking what can I do to develop, invest in the young people so as you're doing that, just before the Lord um, just, I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to just bring to mind the people that we work with the young people that are in our communities that are in our spheres of influence um, and let's just, ho- let's just for a moment just bring them to mind before the Lord And let's just hold them in that place and invite the Holy Spirit just to come and speak to us again. Um, So Lord, as we bring these young people to mind in our communities, uh, the ones who we're responsible for, or the ones that we have influence over, Holy Spirit, as we bring those people to mind and just in our minds eye we think about who they are, we picture them, would you speak to us again? And would you show us just what it is that you're saying about them? And if there's anything that you want us to do like any specific steps or any specific words. Just Holy Spirit, thank you. You're you're creative. Um, You're intentional. You want to encourage these young ones. This is the now generation. Um, So Holy Spirit, in, in, in as much influence as you've given each of us, show us how we would best use that to see this generation just stepping into all you have for them. Just owning their identities as followers and children of Jesus. Children of God, followers of Jesus. Just owning and living in, living up to their identity and the authority that you put in their lives. And just in that moment, speak, we pray. Help us to value and invest in.
some of us, I just feel like the Lord wants to encourage us that um, the, the, what we might feel is just literally seeds, threads of relationship. You may not feel that we've got much in the way of relationship with young people in our spheres. We may not feel that we've got much, we don't feel that we've got much credibility. We're certainly not very cool. Um, and the Lord just says, I feel like he just wants to encourage us that, you know, just those threads are enough. You know, <coughs> some, some of them are hanging on by a thread and the, the thread's really important. So if you only feel like you've got a thread of relationship, just the Lord wants to just strengthen that and encourage you. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. Just to, just to take steps of courage to go the extra mile to to, you know, to <coughs> just to give an encouraging word, to make an offer to a young person, to say, hey, come and get involved in. And the other thing is, for some of us, um, this is for our own children. You know, many of you are thinking about this with God to your own children. You see stuff in them and on them, and you think, how can I encourage this? And the Lord just wants to bless us as parents. So those of you who are parents who are kind of thinking this one through for yourselves, even if your kids are very young. Just be blessed in your parenting. But actually for all of us, just that the Father, that we would see that we would have the courage to invest in your people. Somebody once said to me many years ago, um, it, you know, if you don't spend at least the next five to ten years of your life investing in young people, it'll be a real waste. Actually, it's the, it's the truth for all of us. Every single one of us, and even those of us who still feel like we are young, <laughs> you know, that if you look around the Holy Spirit and you ask the Lord, he will, he will point people out to you who you can just invest in. It might be musical, it might be to do with worship, it might just be to say something encouraging and then, then just to build a relationship with. So just bless that in you. Bless that in you. Just bless that in you. So, Father, thank you for your presence here, and thank you for these young ones that we've been thinking about, and thank you that for all of those that you're working with. And we pray for young people in our communities so that they would uh, be the now generation that you're calling them to be. We pray that you would uh, show us how to invest in them and to champion them and to encourage them and to uh, see them really grow and, and step out in all that you've got for them. And we bless them and we bless you. And I just pray for the rest of our afternoon that whatever we're going to do, whoever we're going to hang out with and whatever we're going to listen to and, and learn or just chill, that you be with us. Continue to just uh, speak to us, encourage us, guide us. Thank you for your presence here in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Have a great rest of the afternoon. Thank you.